Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 10 of my podcast. Joshua Peach here. Uh, I've been a little over a week since I last gave you guys a recording. Uh, The good news the first order of shirts have gone out. It was amazing to get some uh, messages and pictures of folks wearing them. Uh, the rest will be getting out there to you in the next couple of days. They've all been shipped. Learning lots of lessons on that. And uh, appreciate the folks that have uh, taken my phone calls, as I talked about a couple episodes again, and are actually buying shirts. I think I'm at almost 100% of the calls that I've made to people catching up and letting them know what I'm doing. I've bought a shirt. Uh, called a great friend Pat Buchanan today because he told me he wasn't going to buy one until he got a phone call from me. So, Pat, looking forward to that order, buddy. Um, but uh, here in Orlando, beautiful Orlando at the Gaylord Resort, had a conference and uh, really wanted to do this podcast out of the gate. We actually did a recording. It was my first attempt at a podcast I think I might have shared with you uh, with an incredible human and uh, someone I call a uh, brother to me, uh, Ron McCulley. We did uh, the first recording in Colorado Springs in June, and we set the microphone on top of a microwave and some other thing because my room didn't have a table, and uh, it was pretty good. And that was when I learned I couldn't edit because I deleted the recording, and uh, we were stuck in the water. So uh, my buddy Ron here is with me today. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How about you? Uh, full disclosure, I'm doing great. Full disclosure, Ron and I just had a shot of Tuwaka. If you haven't had it, it's an Italian liqueur. It's delicious. And um, we are, uh, that's really how we kind of, I think we set our first bond as being uh, Tuwaka fans, I think, right? What is that? Yeah, it could be. I think you were giving us a tour of Boston for the first time I met you. It was at Leadership, uh, Asbel Leadership in Boston. And um, you were giving us a tour on the way to the north end to, for an Italian restaurant that we were going to. And that's when I thought, this guy is either crazy enough to be my friend or uh, maybe too crazy to be anyone else's. So, <laughs> Good points. And uh, it's, that was, God, that's got to be 15 years ago. Um, you know, there's there's some, some interesting things about Ron. Ron was a public servant working for education how long were you there forever uh 22 years yeah at uh, douglas county schools and then you just retired here a couple years ago yeah and uh ron also was a a volunteer for aswell international for those of you that don't know what that is it's the association of school business officials and for those of you that aren't familiar with education uh running those are the people that are responsible for uh doing the checks and balances and making sure that uh, the money that's being used is being utilized as appropriately as possible. And uh, the organization, uh, Ron gave, uh, geez, how many, uh, six-plus years on the board and yeah. as a past president. And uh, grand, grandfather, young yeah. guy. Two and a, two-thirds times now. <laughs> <laughs> and the third third time is going to make it three girls, right? Three girls. Three girls. Yeah. Great. Um she has a minor in math. I haven't linked it together either. Why she can do it, but she does. Mm-hmm. So you know the uh, you know we've we've had a lot of fun over the years. We've done uh, a, a lot of uh, interesting trips and spent a lot of time. We've had some some nights of drinking and and uh, you know one of the things that 
has always amazed me about you was uh, right out of the gate was your optimistic attitude and your um, just your kind of general demeanor of being a happy guy and someone that's kind of laid back. And, you know, we all say that's that's easy to do when nothing's going on in life. You know, hey, I can wake up happy if I got nothing to be miserable about. But, you know, you hit uh, you hit a, a, a major hurdle nine nine plus years ago, right? And that was nine years. Yeah, I was uh, diagnosed in May of 2009 with uh, multiple myeloma. I had gone to, to my general to have a physical, and I've always had, like, some kidney issues, and they were never able to find anything. But he was able to link kidney with some blood work and uh, said, I don't like this. I'm going to send it to a hematolo- or send you to a hematologist. And uh, I'm not sure I ever told you this story even, but I called to make the appointment, and they answered the phone, Rocky Mountain Cancer Center, and I just was stunned because nobody had told me anything. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have the wrong number. And she goes, what were you calling for? And I'm like, for a hematologist. Oh, we do that too. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't help but notice she didn't answer the phone, Rocky Mountain hematologist. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's when I was after they were in several tests and they all came out negative. But when I had a bone marrow biopsy, uh, that's when they were uh, diagnosed multiple myeloma and wanted me to start on a pretty aggressive treatment immediately. So, yeah, you've gone through some some not just aggressive treatments but very painful treatments um, over the years. And and uh, one of the things that stuck out to me, one of the most powerful stories that I think uh, I could share in regards to this that you had was I can remember it might have been. I don't know if you were, were you just diagnosed or was it might have been a year into, it might have been 2010, May of 2010, so you might have been a year in uh, that we went to the Red Sox game with Kent. Uh, it was the first time the Chicago Cubs and the Red Sox met in 100 years at Fenway Park. It was a milestone game uh, that we went to, and I think it was probably 2010. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think it was after my transplant, because yeah. I did end up having a stem cell transplant as part of that yeah. treatment. Yeah, so, so it, was, it was definitely 2010, and I can remember Kent saying to me, you know, how, how's Ron doing? And I said, he's walking around, he's hanging out with us, he's, he's optimistic, hopeful, and, and trying to be happy with everything, but I can't imagine... You know it's easy going and he said you know do you think you'd mind if i do you think you'd mind if i'd ask you know a couple of questions i said it's wrong of course ask him what ask away I, if he gets offended say that jar said it was okay and i can remember he walked up to you uh we were at fenway we we're getting ready to go in he just walked up really kind of said uh said a few words and then said you know what's you know what's the diagnosis what, what are the doctors saying and you said well you know they they give a timeline of of zero to i can't remember how many years and without missing any beat or anything, you just said, you know there was some schmuck that just literally gave up and went and screwed up the whole thing. So I'm going to work to get to the end of the spectrum and go further than anybody else and, and try to give a more optimistic, realistic uh, hope on that. And, you know, that was eight years ago. And, you know, what did they the doctors gave you? They gave me five. Yeah. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll take ten. Yeah. And the last time I reminded my oncologist of that, earlier this spring probably, 
he said, you know, you might want to start negotiating because I think we're going to be able to do better than that. So, which is a relief for me because that only would have given me one more year and I wasn't too happy with that at all. So, uh, even though it's twice as long as I was told, it's not long enough. No, that's... You know, it's never long enough, I guess. No, it isn't. Uh, it's never long enough. And I'm glad that you, and I know there have been times just knowing you that there were times where it, the, the, it was tough. Oh, well. um, And making decisions, difficult decisions on, you know, treatments and what to do and how to do it. And and I've had conversations with Amy about stuff like this and, you know, trying to be who I am every day. Hey, look, I got, I got stuff too, but I got nothing compared to some of the stuff that you've gone through. So to put myself in my shoes and say, well, I'd be, I'd be, 10 foot tall and bulletproof and doing the same thing Ron would do. I, shit, I don't know that I would. I I question that that that, inte- that that internal ability to stay the way that you have. I mean, you literally have been amazing to me in our conversations and 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 how you just I remember you went to a you had an appointment in the snowstorm. You remember this? Yeah. <laughs> and you called me and it was like a blizzard. And yeah. you said, and you called me and you just said, "Hey, I just called the the cancer center and I told them that I already have my obituary plan to to uh, to to die from cancer, and if I continue on to my appointment, I'm gonna die in a car accident, so I can't yeah. I, I, I can't come." So I, don't... I gotta miss this one. <laughs> yeah. They they're laughing. They thought that was the funniest thing they ever heard. But... <laughs> but I'm sitting here just going, I can't believe he just said this and is laughing, and then. I started laughing about it because I was like, this is just uh, not something you would hear from somebody. But, I mean, look, I I wanted to keep this light and everything, but I think the world needs to hear, you know, what what is it? What How do you do it? How do you smile every day? How do you, like, make everybody, everybody around you, like, there's 1,500 people here. Every single one of them knows who Ron McCulley is. Every single one of them is going to come up and give you a hug. And they ain't doing it because you got cancer. They've been doing it since way before that. But Some of them don't even know. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's know. But I got to get a hug from Ron. I got to talk to him. Like, you have an energy that is just, it radiates of happiness, lightheartedness. And being in the public sector, it, it ain't lighthearted either because people are, you know, they're hard on you sometimes. and But you always, you never look at stuff as problems. But, you know, I'd love to, I, I've learned a lot from you, but I'd love to know where that comes from and what, what do you, how do you do it? Well, I just, I mean, personally, and I've told other people this, it's like you, you have to find your own touchstone or your own magic or whatever you want to call it. With me, it's always been humor. So, I mean, I was going around the first two years. It's like, hey, I'm dying of cancer. Somebody be better be buying me a drink, you know. Um, and, How many drinks did you get, by the way? Were you uh, keeping score? I got a lot of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have uh, most of my, uh, I have stage three chronic kidney disease and a lot of other issues. And for some reason, my liver is the healthiest organ I got. So, uh I'm doing something right. Yeah. It's not not all the right things, but I'm doing something right. So, but you know, for me, I I'm great when I'm with crowds or you know in front of my friends, and it's it's easy for me to do that. But 
uh, especially when I was going through treatment and I was flying a lot for ASBO back then, man, the plane rides, that was the hardest for me, you know, because you're trapped with your thoughts and I'm a big music guy and you can listen to songs, but hell, every song speaks to me. So then I'm dealing with that. And so, yeah, I had a lot of internal struggles and, uh, and, you know, you can ask my wife, Annette, that, uh, I might not be always that happy and jovial at home, um, when it comes to this because I, I got to tell you you look at your hand every morning and every evening when you have to take a handful of pills and I'm still taking chemo every other day uh, some days it's just like you know what I've had enough of taking this um, so that's how I am at home and I always kind of refer to it as it's it's almost like wearing a mask you know you have to go out and you know nobody wants everybody's got their own issues they don't want to hear that i'm dying of cancer even if it gets me a free drink they you know whether they just lost their job or whether they just lost their parent or or you know they just you know had to put new tires on their car and can't afford it it's everything's an issue for somebody you know and it might not be as big of an issue but it's an issue to them so i can't unload my problems on them if they want to talk to me, I will talk to them about it. So I just took the opposite path and said, you know, I'm just going to be open as a book. I'm not going to be private, and I'm going to have fun with it because those are the cards I was dealt. But, you know, at home, I'm not necessarily that same person. It's a, it's a mask that I always choose to wear in public because that's who I am or that's, that's what I've chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... You know, I, I guess I would, I, I, I get, I, I get the mask, but I got to tell you, a mask would seem not genuine, and you're pretty damn genuine. Yeah. And so, I think that it probably there, there's, there's a lot of truth in that, um, and and I know Annette personally, and and that is just a phenomenal human uh, and great friend, and uh, I just love her to death. I I, I think that's pretty well known but uh um i think she might argue that i know you're a pain in the ass i i I mean i've experienced you being a pain in the ass but you know i believe you genuinely uh i believe everything that you do is not uh a facade at any capacity i think it's a a genuine care a genuine interest i think the mask is the covering of your problems of not sharing it with and and this is something that everybody does like you're on facebook you know you're putting stuff on facebook and you could very easily go down that facebook of you know what a terrible day I, i've never seen uh when you've had a bad day and this is the this is that whole knowing of people right because a lot of people look at facebook and that's their life or that's their what they're looking at for life and i've seen you and experience you having a bad day whether it's health wise, emotional wise, all wise, uh, and put a post on Facebook about a song that's really not negative. It's it's upbeat. It's something to try to probably get you, you know, motivated. You're not out there going, "Oh, I had a crappy day. I got this treatment. I'm feeling sick," or any of that stuff. Um, so I think what you do is is you do what I think others could probably embrace, which is like, "Hey, let's not share the world my problems." 
let's try and share the world the, the reasons for being happy and and to enjoy it and to to capture it and and if somebody knows me they'll ask me and I'll tell them I'll openly say this sucks because I've had many conversations with you where it sucked right uh, yeah. we had that drive to uh, Myrtle Beach from Raleigh uh, where I think I got lost and tried not to say it, but it should have taken like three hours and it took like six. Um, but you'd never been there, so I don't think you caught yeah, on. I had no you idea. Didn't, you didn't catch on <laughs> on the time of it. But, um, you know, we had a long talk about all the stuff that was going on, and it was, you know, a lot of shit. And I think that, that um, what you try to do is try to find the good in, in all situations, and then occasionally we'll, we'll put out that kind of... This this sucks right now, and thank you very much. And Annette's always smiling. It's like <laughs> I think she's I think she sips the Kool Aid too with 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 you because if you if you are having that challenge, um, she doesn't show it. So I think having that great companion. I know with Amy, um, she she definitely has to embrace the suck with me a lot because I'm a lot like you, um, and she does it like a unbelievable champion i i sometimes sit there and go i can't live with myself i don't think i wonder how i have the 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 good fortune to have such an incredible woman by my side at times for uh you know how i get sometimes upset so um, well yeah i i didn't mean to sound uh, when i said a mask it's not fake it's <laughs> not fake by any stretch of the imagination but i feel like that's what people expect. Yeah. So I can't be having a bad day. Yeah. So like if you're quiet, you walk into the bar and you're quiet, it's like, oh, what's wrong with yeah. Ron? And, and, so, and then all of a sudden there's, you know, a million stories of things talked about. So you have to you have to live up to the hype or the expectations right. of the, what it's been. And then you couple that with you being sick. Everybody probably thinks that you're, uh, you know, you got something going on and, you know. Maybe play that off for a second round of drinks, but right. <laughs> well, and, you know the the thing I've learned that was the most important thing, and I, I think it's helped. I know it's helped other folks. I uh, I got a lot of cards, and you know I'm sure flowers and stuff. But when you're having a stem cell transplant, you literally don't remember anything for that entire sixty days or whatever. And so when I got feeling a little bit better, I went through all the cards. And to this day, I have every one of those, and, I, and they mean a lot. And I look through them probably once a year. And so now, whenever I find some of my friends, especially struggling with cancer, because that's something I'm more intimate with. You can relate with I it. Yeah, and I always send cards. And I, I might check on them with a text message or maybe an email, but it's... There's no substitute, and maybe this speaks to my age, of getting a handwritten card that somebody had to go to the store, had to buy, had to write a little note inside, had to address it, had to walk it down to the mailbox and mail it. And so I know of, I don't know, a dozen occasions where somebody's been diagnosed since. If I find out about it... um, they start getting cards from me, mm-hmm. and they might get three or four cards a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just meant so much to me that I think even if I'm only helping one of those people, because like I said, I was very open about it. Some people are very much the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I 
was trying to help a very good friend of mine in New York. Can I mention his name? You can do whatever you want. This Greg is... Carlson, uh, mm-hmm. who just passed away from cancer in the last couple months, I guess. And uh, he's a very private person. He's the, like the polar opposite of me. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I'd sent him cards. Like I said, for a while, it was like at least every other day. And, and I'd check on him with a text and... I'd say only about 10% of the time I heard from him, but I kept sending him cards, and I kept sending him texts. And, uh, you know, I remember the last text. I still have it in my phone. I said, look, Greg, I'm going to get to Maryland, D.C., Asbo again, and we're going to go to your little bar on the beach where they have tufers, and we're going to recreate this scene because I sent him a picture. It was me and Jenna and Suzanne and Bert. Mm-hmm. Um and I said, we're going to recreate that. And we can't do that without you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, that sounds like a great idea. And uh, and then I found out he passed away. Um, and I felt horrible. But out of the blue, like that day or the next day, I get this random call, which I would normally never answer if it doesn't have a name on mm-hmm. it. You know, I'm, I don't answer that call. Yeah. It was his son. And he apparently had listed, like, the top ten people that meant, you know, that, I don't know, had an impact on his life or Mm -hmm. meant a lot to him. And I was on that list. And uh, his son called to thank me, and that meant the world to me. Because even though he was private, and, you know, I knew he appreciated it, but it wasn't, you know, like, God, Ron, I'm so happy I got that. You know, yeah. it was very random that I'd hear from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, man, this guy just is not like me, you know. But when his son called and told me that, it meant the world to me. I mean, I'd still rather Greg be around and I could go down that that little bar in Ocean City with him. But um, you take what you can get, you know. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, your so your card writing, first of all, and you just hit me with just kind of a a wave of of emotion on this story and everything. Uh, I move in my office, as you know, and and I have the gratitude wall, which is a huge, probably three foot. I've had to increase the size of the cork board. But I pin up every time I get a handwritten card for some, from someone. And it could be from, like, Zappos sent me a handwritten card for a, a mistake they made or someone saying thank you for your speaking or something. Whatever it is, it's something someone took the time to actually put their hand to a piece of paper and write something. And so I had to take that down to move my office. And I was going through them, and I was like, Ron, Ron. Ron, Ron, because I got a whole bunch of them uh, from you, and you've sent uh, countless and Christmas ornaments and the and the CDs and all the stuff that you do to show that you care about people. And I can tell you that there's very few things greater than receiving a handwritten card for someone just saying you're important, you matter, I care about you, and um, you know your attitude is your gratitude and and sometimes you have to look at the people that had gratitude for you to remind you of that so i have the gratitude wall that when i'm down and i go man i don't think anybody gives a shit 
uh, I look at that wall and I go, wait a second, time out. A whole bunch of people do. They're all right here. Uh, they all just happen to be named Ron, but... <laughs> I only got one, yeah. but at least I got yeah. one. Yeah. But that's... You, that's I, I try to tell people that all the time. I mean, in this world that we live in with email and text and, and social media and everything else, we need to get back and becoming more humanistic. And, and I've done a terrible job at cards. As a matter of fact, I just talked about one that I'm uh, that's sitting in my office. I had, I had about six sitting in my office with my travel schedule. There's no excuse for it. Um, that I need to get back on track doing that. Uh, the, the first group of shirts that I sent out, um, you know, I was up uh, Monday night, I guess it was, or two, no, uh, it's Friday. So uh, Wednesday we shipped the shirts out. And so I was up until 2 o'clock in the morning because I didn't want a shirt to go out without a handwritten thank you card. And uh, and I told my 11-year-old son, Danny, that every shirt that goes out is going to get a handwritten card, even if we have a 1,000 a day. I'd rather be a day late with a personal touch than be on time and feel like it's just a piece of plastic with the fabric in it. And uh, I, I just think that that's so so vitally important. On the lighter side of things... Well, don't go, don't yeah. move past that yet. Yeah. Because when you were responsible for... This was before GoFundMe. Um, but you kind of rallied a bunch of people around uh, donating some money because my expenses, you know, my insurance didn't cover them. And, uh, you know, I probably had a, you know, over 100, 110, 120 people that donated. And I don't even necessarily know the amount. I'm, I might, looking back, but off the top of my head. But anything from like $10 or $5, whatever it was, up to maybe 100 And uh, I remember, and I was still pretty sick at this time. Yeah. I sat at the kitchen table and I wrote thank you notes to everybody, every one of those people. I didn't even know some of those people. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of them were, were school dude employees because I know you rallied the, the troops on that. Um, and I don't, you know, don't mistake that that's fun to go mm-hmm. out and buy cards and write those cards mm-hmm. and, and mail them. Um, but they, they, you just know intrinsically that that's going to mean a lot to them mm-hmm. when they get that card. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what makes me do it. I mean, it almost is a necessity for me. That's what it's come to. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring that into this, and and now that you did, and and just is a, a layer of remembrance. You told me you didn't care who, how much was given. You cared who gave. So I don't believe I ever shared with you the amount, and that was pretty darn cool because there were people that donated $5 and you treated each and every one. And I tell you, I got phone calls from folks that said, I can't believe, you know, my donation and Ron sent me a card. And I said, it doesn't matter what the amount is. It's the action that you took and the appreciation that he has that you did that. And that's huge because, you know, you look at, you look at programs, you look at things, and it's all measured on money, right? So, hey, you give a hundred bucks, you get a card. You give two hundred bucks, you get this. You get five hundred bucks. And I, I remember, I, I remember, um, I, I was part of a, f- a fundraiser group, and uh, you know, we raised we raised a significant amount of money, and we got a nice handwritten card, and that was great. And then we raised a significant more amount of money, and they sent us a plaque, and I'm like, and we did more, and they, and it was like it was like a baseline measurement. I'm just sitting here going, you know, just a card saying thank you would do. That's that's perfect, and that's fine. Um, and I shouldn't be measured on money on what I get back. I, I'm not. You don't do it to get back. You do no. it to give. 
And but you did what you did, and I remember you called me because we said uh, I, had a, I had a website. I, yeah. I, I think I built a website. Most technological yeah. idiot in the world, and I built a website. A friend, friend, friend. Wasn't a great website. It was like friend, friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Friendoron.com or friendsoron.com or whatever. And uh, and I had a PayPal, and 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 then we put the page up, and I had you go to the website, I think, and yeah, you and I had the page. Me. Yeah, I had the page that said you know your, your uh, medical stuff was taken care of, and then you know you 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 literally like the. The the, the 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 ink hadn't dried and you were like I need a list of every single person that donated and uh, and that was that was powerful because you were you were in bad shape I yeah. mean you were that that was a tough that was that was a uh, um, that was a tough time I mean uh, it, it just it was just amazing to me um, and and I appreciate you for for being who you are and and not to shift gears but I noticed in the gratitude stuff, you never brought up like people giving you trees. <laughs> That's because they were late by a year and a half. <laughs> but it was there. How's the but tree? How's the tree doing? Didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> so, so little backstory. Uh, Ron's mom. It was when your mom passed. Yeah. Uh, I had learned a North Carolina tradition. I guess I don't know. It's some sort of tradition. Um, where when when a, when a family member passes, that you give it, I think it's a tree or a plant for them to put in the ground and for it to grow, and in, instead of just giving flowers that die in the service and all the stuff, yada yada. Long story short, I had said that, I, that there was going to be a tree sent out, and there was some communication issue, and I didn't follow up with um, the person who was no longer at the company that was going to take care of it. Uh, that's not the reason why they're gone, but but I didn't have I didn't have a means to follow up. And uh, about a year and a half later, Ron and I are sitting in I think Denver. we were in Denver. Yeah, yeah we we're yeah, in Denver. Was and uh, it was last year. year yeah, it was last yeah, year about this time. So so we're sitting at this bar, and Ron loves to razz me as I love to razz him. And uh, he says, "Hey, how's that tree going?" And I said, uh, "Huh?" And he said, "You know that tree you guys were gonna send? Send? I never got that tree." And I immediately froze. Uh, because I, I might drop the ball sometimes. Things might slip through the cracks. Um, I don't intentionally do it, but when it happens, I own it and I fix it. And so within you ordered it that yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> so so within <clears throat> within uh, minutes, I ordered a tree to be delivered to his house, uh, like in the next day or two or whatever it was. And it was a tree that I have, and I believe it was some form of an arborvitae, which is supposed to be a tree of life or yeah. some sort of tree of life definition of what it was, which I have at my house, and they grow wonderfully. The thing is, is that I didn't look at the map. I'm, I'm going to blame the planter of it, but the, yeah. the reality of it is, is it wasn't a good tree for Colorado. So he planted it, and a couple months later I said, how's the tree? And he said, it's dead. So uh, <laughs> fail. Uh, fail 101 on that one. So... But it wasn't um, for lack of effort. Yeah, on either on either <laughs> end, on either end. Um, I had the hardest part of it. I had to dig the hole, man. You just I just had to, just I just had to, to pay the on. money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been great, Ron. I um, I'm just uh, you know I I just look at life and you know this whole journey has been. Uh, incredible and learning and you know I'm such a different person than I was even a couple months ago but looking back 15 years uh, I probably thinking about it 
15 years ago, I probably didn't, I, I wouldn't like me 15 years ago. Like if I met me in a bar from 15 years ago and I, I look at people that I've been in my life for this amount of time and I'm just so appreciative and grateful that they gave me the chance to grow and to do better and to continue to do better and not be like, I mean, I was crazy back then, but I was probably a jerk at times too. Um, but our long relationship and everything that we've been through and the, 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 the mutual support You've always been there for me, and uh, and I can't thank you enough for that. I uh, appreciate you giving me the time. I know you got someplace you need to be. I get the air conditioning. You try to turn the heat on. The air conditioning still blowing. So it's like forty two degrees in this hotel you, room. You can hang meat in these hotels <laughs> in Orlando. It's like just this gust of cold <laughs> Arctic air blasting at us. But I really appreciate. I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna throw this thing right on. I'm not even give it a chance to delete, disappear, or anything else. Um, but I really appreciate your time. More importantly, I appreciate your friendship to me. Um, and I look forward to spending the next three days down here with you anyway. Hey, if anybody can glean anything from this, um, you know, you might be much younger than me, and most people are these days, but I still maintain that a handwritten card means the world to people. So if you know somebody that's struggling... It's great to give them a call or send them a text, but there's no replacement for a handwritten card. So don't forget that. I mean, it's kind of old school, but there's a lot of things that are old school. Baseball's kind of old school, and that's been around a long time and no end in sight. Yeah. No, you, I agree, and I, I'm going to get those those cards that I'm backlogged on, and I'm going to turn myself in, and I'm going to I'm going to do myself a better job on it because you're you're spot on. I mean, it's so important that we show that we care. Um, and and not just at face value or whatever, but that genuine authenticity of care. So uh, I really appreciate you, brother. I, I love you, and and, and uh, I look forward to you telling all those doctors that you're going to keep extending that 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 life cycle expectation and screw up that whole timeline thing uh, by just exceeding it better than anybody ever has. And if anybody can do it, it it's it's you. So. Um, we're going to sign off here. This has been a uh, powerful 30-plus minutes with, with Ron. I really appreciate everybody in uh, the Be Awesome world listening to, uh, supporting, and doing all the things you're doing. Uh, as always, if you want to purchase a shirt, we'd appreciate it. It's online. Uh, you can find me at beawesome.com, B-E-A-U-S-M.com. Email josh at beawesome.com. Send me suggestions, thoughts considerations complaints uh anything that you see um i could do better uh, i'm learning i'm still learning and uh you can find me on facebook and linkedin as well and if you like what you hear please uh be sure to give me a, a rating on itunes stitcher spotify youtube or any other listening tool that you're doing subscribe to it and uh would appreciate any comments donovan loomis thank you so much for making the first uh, recommendation uh, written on iTunes for me. That goes a long way. There's 538,000 podcast channels. There's 24 hours in a day, six to eight of them you're sleeping, eight of them you're working, and then that remaining time you have a choice to do something. And for those of you that choose to listen to my podcast, I can't thank you enough. So in order to do awesome, you got to be awesome. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Have a great weekend, everybody.